So sometimes I will record that, but it's pretty rare. Um, I'll, I'll have a music pack that I'm recording right now that's going to be all guitar. Yeah. But for the most part, um, I hear voices in my head. No, um, I hear... <laughs> you are listening to Beats and Weeps. Hello, you're listening to the Beats and Bleeps podcast. I'm your host, Anthony. Today, my guest is Dr. B.A. Ferguson. Uh, how are you today, Brent? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, so where I normally start the questions off is sort of asking you about your journey in music, what made you get started um, playing, writing music in the first place, and kind of your journey through that to working on uh soundtracks and audio for games and then where you are today excellent yeah i um i came through music through um a lot of channels i guess i had uh, my grandfather had um gotten me into it a little bit um and then i i got a guitar whenever i was in middle school and um i i really enjoyed music and games chrono trigger is one of the the first times that I just kind of sat there and just listened to the music and um, just sit idle in the forest primarily. Um, that and uh, Sweet Coden was probably the first time that I wanted to um, learn how it was it was done. I, I really loved the music for, for that game for the PlayStation 1. And... Um, I really wanted to make music, so that was early high school that I actually started learning the guitar seriously, and um, I did self-teaching until I went to college, um, the University of uh, Texas at San Antonio, and um, I ended up getting a degree in composition, and uh, classically trained, primarily in jazz trained, although I really love to play rock and roll. it, it was a journey through. I've always wanted to make game soundtracks, but I didn't really get a chance to until much later. I got a, a master's degree in music theory at Texas State University and uh, taught for four years in the Austin school system under Austin Classical Guitar. And um, I then went to University of Kansas and got my PhD. So I am actually a doctor of music theory. Um, and I wrote my dissertation on music videos. I wanted to write on video game music, but uh, one of my teachers said I couldn't do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was one of those. I really wanted to write on video game music for a long time, and it took a while to, to be able to do that. And, um, and I, I have been writing on it recently and writing game scores as well. So I, I approach it both from a theoretical and a practical standpoint, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I've, I've taught at several places, uh, several universities um, as an adjunct, recently at a community college uh, in the States. And now I'll be um, heading over to the UK. Nice. So in terms of in terms of yourself, you mentioned um, obviously uh, getting Chrono Trigger. I'm guessing you were uh, 
in quotes a gamer before like obviously wanting to work on on games yeah it, it, i always wanted to i just didn't know how to get into it and um a, a friend of mine uh marios estrapalos um he he's the one who told me about game jams and getting into game jams and that was really my entry entry way and that, that wasn't that long ago actually it was 2019, I would say, and I've, I'm I'm a little older. I've been around for a while um, <laughs> as a as a concert composer, but um, getting into game soundtracks was um, was quite a new thing for me, and um, it was exciting. I'm really enjoying it now that I'm doing it um, a lot more and, and constantly. Yeah, nice. I mean, in terms of like obviously, say like you were a concert composer previously or still are mm -hmm. as well was that was there much to learn from a sort of technical side of composing for games and like the implementation of the audio in it i know you mentioned quite a lot about your education and things you had done as well <laughs> like you probably did learn quite a bit of it there already not really actually that's the funny thing i, I um in in the classical like school and in, in in the u.s i guess university system there isn't as much concentration on technology. It's mainly, um, it's mainly just the music side of it, um, which is a shame. I, at University of Texas at San Antonio, I did get uh, some music technology, and I was very glad to do that under David Siebold and a really funny professor um, that showed me quite a bit. And working with um, with dolls and uh, being able to do recording setups, and I worked with the a touring, um, two touring tribute bands for the last decade now. Uh, so I've done quite a bit of uh, live audio as well as playing for those groups. So um, I, I do have some technology chops behind me, but actually learning how to use them for game audio, uh, the synthesis chops that I received in, in uh, at the university, uh, it took a while. It took a bit. I, I, I make electronic music, so it wasn't too far of a gap, but actually making it um, make it interactive, making it immersive. So learning mice and FMOD and, and learning how to actually implement the sound um, was that was a, a, a tall order, and it, it still is sometimes as I as I go into it, but. Um, it's a lot of fun. I love learning new things. So, yeah. So in terms of, um, you mentioned like game jams and stuff, which was the, yeah. cause there's quite a few referenced on your website, which was the first <laughs> game you you worked on, um, did the audio and music for? Yes, the um, Tower of Time um, by Julian Kruitz. Um, really great um, German developer, solo developer, uh, we worked on this Game Boy Jam, um, and you know, I lied a little bit. Uh, I, I did one before that that was an NES aesthetic jam, so I really like trying to capture aesthetics, trying yeah. to limit myself. That's just uh, something I do. I just, um, I don't, I guess I don't do it. I, I kind of do it as a, a fake way of doing it, though, so <laughs> I primarily use um, Finale. I, I write everything out. And um, I use that as my DAW and usually use um, several VSTs. So for the um, 
the Game Boy, I use a, a VSC called Papu, and um, that was what I used for Tower of Time. I only used, I think, three or four tracks, and um, it was so much fun writing it. Um, I, I had a lot of metal songs I had written for a band that never quite got realized, and I turned a lot of them into 8-bit songs, and um, he wanted to maybe expand it to a Switch game, and we I wrote the whole soundtrack, and then he got picked up, I believe, by a developer, and it was kind of like, oh, I can't really work on this anymore. It, <laughs> and I was like, it's okay, can I take this music and turn it into a music pack? And, and he said, yes, um, so I'm, I'm releasing that um, for RPG Maker in three days, actually, on the August 24th. Oh, nice. And we'll come out. So in terms of um, Tower of Time, um, just for, for the listeners, people that might not be that familiar with it, it's a like dungeon crawler roguelike um, sort of well, yes. based on the original Game Boy style, so very uh, monochromatic colour hues and stuff like that. But in terms of the soundtrack, obviously, it's fairly, I mean, it's fairly what an original Game Boy soundtrack would have been. I think most people would call it just like chip tune now, but yes. And I mean, was do you think like restricting yourself to that was like a help the creative process because it takes a lot of like options away from you? <laughs> yes, it it does. I mean, I I worked with a composition teacher at the University of Kansas named Ingrid Stossel, and um, she really. Um, push for um, I guess just exposing like uh, the, the simplest voice um, trying to to break down the music um, completely down to just a few voices um, of course I was writing for an orchestra with her so it was just trying to figure out how to work with these massive voices for that but uh, breaking that down into the four voices uh, you know a couple of of um, square waves and a triangle wave and then the noise track and just trying to um, I guess have this like band aesthetic uh, I'm a big fan of, of a lot of metal um, uh, Japanese metal as well uh, Visual K and um, just trying to capture uh, some of those aesthetics and uh, I'm always trying to apply theory to it too because I teach theory so it's um, I, I use these examples to teach a lot of times as well uh, so it's it's a double it serves two purposes for me typically nice and you mentioned I'm not sure if I answered your question sorry <laughs> you did you did okay. um, <laughs> I mean, so with um, Tower of Time, obviously, you mentioned that that was kind of thinking about being a Switch game, but then a developer kind of um, went on to other projects and didn't have time yes. for that. Is that something that's still sitting in the background, or is that just it's going to exist as the the PC game for the rest of time? <laughs> I think it will exist as that PC demo for the rest of time. As I said, the music will be reappropriated, though. Yeah. Um, as as the pack and that's coming out as the chiptune metal pack um wait is that correct did i, did I say that correct yes <laughs> chiptune metal music pack <laughs> i want to say my name wrong and everything so um <laughs> but that's a 20 i believe a 25 track um music pack and i think it'd be a nice time to listen to one of the tracks from tower of time this is a piece called chamber of eternity
so moving on from um, Tower of Time, I may get these games wrong in uh, order in time they came out, but um, a few a few that like I I played and picked up. Um, so I mean, Element, Elemental Warrior kind of um, continues yes. like the similar. I feel that's more like you what you, you mentioned before, like and there's maybe even a little bit earlier than that style, sort of like yes, Metroidvania yes. kind of kind of game. Is that how did that come about? Is that the same sort of thing, like a game jam? Yes. Uh, so the very first one that I did, I lied and said that I did Tower Time first. I worked with the uh, Phoenix Studios for um, uh, this little tiny game called Super Game Boy, and Boy spelled B-O-I. Yeah. And um, it, it was just a fun little soundtrack, and I think I released like the music for it for public domain as well. But they approached me again um, to do Elemental Warrior for Metrovania Jam. And um, we had um, a lot of things we wanted to do with it. Not everything got realized, but uh, I think Think Studios did really great with it. And um, I, I had a lot of fun once again trying to capture the aesthetic of this time, yes, the nests. And um, I'm, I'm trying to remember the the VST I used for that, but I, I did the same process through the finale notation program uh, using a. A Ness uh, VSC in this case. Nice. So again, again with that, is that like you know restricting your um, your <laughs> sort of like self worked? I mean, is it is that just coincidence that you ended up working on a lot of games that had like a very you know NES original Game Boy aesthetic, or is that that something you wanted to do specifically? I think I want to do it. Um, <laughs> I think uh, I chose those game jams. So I, I, I'm trying to go back in my memory. It's been a couple of years since I did that. But <laughs> I believe I wanted to do that. It was kind of a, a way of challenging myself. But also, I grew up with that aesthetic. Um, I, I grew up with, with the NES and the, um, and the Super Nintendo and, um, and the Game Boy. Um, and the PlayStation One, all of those had a huge impact on my musical style. So whatever I could work on that had that aesthetic, I, I tried to go for it. Um, and that really becomes the themes of most of these game jams that I've worked on. And um, and the games that I'm working on now, because I do I do make games as well for Unity and, and RPG Maker. Right. I mean, is there much in the with the games you're making? And like the actual technical side of the audio implementation that you've you've had to learn or is that something you've done on everything in terms of like using um wis and things like that oh i um for the games that i work on i try not to do the composing and sound implementation oh, okay. so i i try to give those to my students um and typically they are they're, they're mainly just giving me tracks and then I'm implementing straight into Unity. I'm I'm not using uh Weiss as that uh intermediary program for those projects. Yeah. Um I've done that for a few times for uh game jams and just my own portfolio, but um it's it's primarily just working straight into Unity um, for the games I'm making. So uh composers I work for have been Nikita Osborne. And um, that's been the main one I've worked for, one of my former students now. So. Yeah, that's cool. It's nice. To, I guess it's quite nice to work with a former student. And then yes. if there's something they're doing wrong, 
It's like, oh, <laughs> whose fault's that? <laughs> it's just a learning moment, yeah, a teaching moment. You know? <laughs> and I plan on to con- continuing to do that in my new position, so giving my students opportunities to work on these games. Yeah. So, um, I'll continue working on, on games separately and music packs and um, for my own professional development. But I, for the games that I make, I try to hold back from doing that. Or give just other people an opportunity. Yeah, that's good as well because it make you can kind of look at it from both sides of the yes of the, of, of it as well for like like the developer what they kind of would want from a composer and then thinking when you actually are composing for a game being like oh okay I can kind of see yeah. it a bit more exactly exactly it's um it's been wonderful um, and I'm I'm really enjoying the experience of learning over almost five years now of, of getting a lot of these softwares under my belt and. Um, learning them and, and working with um, actually working with developers and, and composers and, and um, sound designers yeah yeah so as uh, I continuing on with the games um, the games yes. you've, you've worked on um, so I'm just trying to think which order to go through uh, time, mm-hmm. time to slime is sort of yes. like a, a puzzle platformer is that is that one you just did the soundtrack for as well Yes, I've worked with Stephen Wall, um, uh, I believe, W-A-H-L, um, a German composer for that. Uh, and I worked with the developer. Um, it, it went under a few different names. I believe it came out under Gollamy Studios. Um, but I worked with a few people. It was the first time I worked with Truda, who I've worked with a few times, a really great composer and, and game developer. Um it, Time to Slime was a lot of fun. I only did two tracks for it, um, and I was trying to thank um, PlayStation 1 uh, primarily for this, thanking that, not technical aspect of it per se, but um, I guess going for that aesthetic of sound, like a Final Fantasy Tactics um, type aesthetic of yeah. Echo and things like that. And Wall um, did more of the synthetic sounds. I, I use, I guess, acoustic VSDs, if that makes sense. Um, <laughs> he went for more of the synthesizers and electronic music, um, that, that sort of sound uh, as we divided up. Because I believe he worked on the lab and a spaceship level, and I worked on a sewer and a forest level. So mine were like out in the natural world. I guess sewer, not so much, but um, so that's why I had the acoustic command. We, we, we tried to talk aesthetics on it, and uh, from what I remember, that's what we did on it. Uh, and very much Chrono Trigger was kind of my guidepost, especially for the forest theme. Yeah. Um, the, the sewer theme, I don't know why I always kept trying to build Baroque. Um, when I go for those sewer themes, I, I don't, I have no idea, but um, I usually go for some sort of Baroque style and harpsichord, you know, flute, something like that. <laughs> the big uh, cadenza in the middle, if I remember correctly. I don't know how far I got through it, but I don't think I got to the spaceship level at all. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, just looking at it visually, it's like it has that early 3D sort of. <laughs> like PlayStation One thing, so my mind instantly was thinking. It was a PlayStation Jam, if I remember correctly. I think it was a PS One Jam. Now that I'm sorry, my memory's awful. So um, <laughs> trying to bring these back sometimes is a is a little tough. So uh, the developers can correct me if I'm wrong on this. 
So it was a PlayStation game. Ah, that makes that makes a lot of sense then as well. So, but, um, yeah. So uh, again, with that is that like with most of these games, I'm guessing they're kind of finished in their current state. I mean, they're all on itch.io for people to download, aren't they? Mm-hmm. And this one is also on the Google Play Store yes. if you have an Android device. So this is one of the few that's been released outside of the itch.io. Yeah. I forgot to say that, but yeah. Yeah, you're good. (laughs) And it'd be a good time to listen to the sewer stage track from Time to Slime. This is Down the Sewer.
and you can continue on with the games um tree friends is um is kind of a (laughs) i I would say it's like a a point and click choose your own adventure style game um like problem solving and things was that what was sort of like the the pitch for that what what kind of thing was wanted oh that was a that was a strange one we worked on a big team with that and that was true duck um and i think all of me as well got involved near the end um but that was a that was a wild one we we joined the jam they released the the theme and we had a lot of trouble thinking about it it was just friends if i remember correctly but it was some kind of like darker theme jam <laughs> so <laughs> we, we went for this kind of weird like sacrificing your friends to get yeah. to the end and trying not to lose as many so um what i ended up doing was what what true duck and i discussed was writing eight different tracks and each one represented a friend so the basic you have is a drum track and um and then it works up from there. So drums, bass, um, guitar, piano. Uh, usually you have three or four friends, depending on how you do. So you at least get that much. And then a lot of extra voices. I think a few synthesizers, a flute, and um, electric guitar. Um, so just trying these, um, I guess, more immersive styles of doing it, even though the. the it, it was it was a strange one. I had a lot of fun working on it. I think I wrote two different themes because we didn't want the music to get too boring because we were trying to get multiple playthroughs. Yeah. Um, so I, I had True Duck programmed it to where the two themes alternated, um, and so both of them used that those eight tracks with with that idea in mind, and it worked pretty well. I, I know. Um, when it first came out for the jam, it was a little uh, buggy, but I, I believe it got fixed um, pretty soon after that. Trudeau's really good about that. Yeah. So. I mean, I definitely managed to to get to the end once. I mean, it was. Great. I Great. think I think I was just one of them left. I think I sacrificed everyone. So I don't know what that says yes. to about about how I am as a friend, but hopefully it doesn't reflect too badly on me. <laughs> it was an interesting one, as I said, that... Um, that whole premise was um, strange, but I, I really enjoyed working on it. Um, it. It was a fun soundtrack to write. Yeah. I mean, I like I like that sort of that sort of game. Um, I play like quite quite a lot of um, tabletop like RPGs with my partner. Yeah. That sort of thing where it's like, oh, you've got choices, and you know, there's always different outcomes depending on them, but you have to balance them and stuff, and it's it makes you think challenges the brain sometimes which exactly. is needed um but yeah say, saying about that that game was um that game was strange it moves on nicely to <laughs> all is fair in love and fun war <laughs> oh yes another strange one you're just you're <laughs> piling the strange ones all together that was that was a wild one to write um <laughs> I I had a title theme and they got replaced with public domain music. It happens sometimes. Yeah. Um, the, the the developers it was another kind of large team again, and um, it it was for a visual novel jam, um, and it was just this weird 
time where it's like, you know, what if we base this around a thumb war? Um, it's like, sure, we can we can do that. Um, and it it was a it was a really fun one to write. Uh, I I enjoyed writing kind of this pop style music. I few of the tracks I had written I had written for a singer songwriter um, Taylor Beanie. Uh, who didn't end up using them she was moving on and doing um, more like studio work at that time so I was like you know I have these checks already written I'm you know one of those work smarter not harder uh, at all times and um, I did a lot of the um, music and sound for that I did that for Time of Slime as well the, the sound effects um, those were my uh, Time of Slime was the first time I did sound effects but um but all was all was fair and love and thumb war was uh, that was another just really wild experience. Uh, I had a lot of fun writing it, but um, some game jams you get in there and it's just a confusing run to the end, and um, you have no idea how it's going to come out. And it came out better than I thought it was going to. So yay on to that end. <laughs> so it was a, it was a fun project to work on, but uh, I remember it being stressful. Um, that serves my bad memory there, but it, it was stressful right up near the end. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine because most of them are fairly short deadlines yes. as well, and I'm yes. guessing you can only really start doing stuff with the music and audio and when there's something visual to write it to. So it's kind of like you're, you've got even less time than everyone else. <laughs> I try to mock up as soon as I can. So um, I I try to get as many descriptors as possible, but the visuals are, I mean, they, they help the most. But uh, I'll try to have some things ready by the time it gets to uh, that post-production stage. Like Time of Slime, I had everything written um, pretty quickly. And, um, and I hadn't seen anything for it until... They actually put it down so um i do try to write before i get the visuals uh just to have some stuff ready yeah and if it doesn't match with it i'm like well damn uh, <laughs> those are gonna be used so uh, i'll use it for a different project and that's how it goes and so you mentioned as well with um time of slime and all's fair and love uh, love and for more you <laughs> did the um uh, the, the sound effects and stuff like that is it do you kind of use the same equipment for for those or do you do sort of like um live recordings of various things no, or is it just I whatever did, i tried doing foley work um i tried doing some live recording and um that was a blast um <laughs> i i remember um doing the um lava the sizzling burn is just like running water and slowing it down and flipping it a little bit and i like manipulating sound especially for my electronic music um so it was actually a lot of fun to just take mundane sounds and turn them into um really <laughs> expressive uh, methods of death sometimes <laughs> it was the same thing for uh, true friends i did the sound effects for that as well yeah and um those or uh, sometimes really um, graphic uh, for how <laughs> how cartoony the style is. Yeah, <laughs> it's, <not> like... <laughs> it's when I started playing it. I was like, I did it like obviously the 
graphic style is very cart- like cartoony and kind of light looking and then you get to like mm-hmm. the second second or third room and people are being like evaporated by lasers and stuff. Yes. So, oh okay this is <laughs> this isn't as whimsical as i thought it was gonna be <laughs> not whimsical at all um that's very true <laughs> So I mean, you you've touched on it a little bit um, in terms of like your um, your your setup for like writing and recording. Is that sort of you you know you pick VSTs and instruments depending on the project and guessing if you're doing. I mean, you mentioned like Game Boy NES themed ones. You're mm-hmm. probably going to use an eight bit kind of thing. You're not going to record yeah. live guitars, but and when when you come to look at like say you've got like oh I'm doing the music for the sewer level, would you start trying to write at your computer or do you try and play something on piano or guitar or like that and build from there? Ooh, good question. I, I really like that. Um, sometimes I do guitar soundtrack when an instrument is guitar. So sometimes I will record that, but it's pretty rare. Um, I'll, I'll have a music pack that I'm recording right now that's going to be all guitar. Yeah. But for the most part, um, I hear voices in my head. No, um, I hear... <laughs> I hear the melodies as much as I can. Um, I'm really influenced by a lot of things, influenced by what I'm listening to. So I like to change styles of what I'm listening to sometimes. So a lot of the melodies are um, stolen at times. Um, And then I reharmonize them, redo them as a different style. Um, it's, It's just kind of what my ear does automatically. So uh, if I hear something, Good old classical music training. I'm able to just kind of write it out straight on into finale um, without the piano or guitar, and um, and I just get writing. Um, I'm I'm was going to try to stream some of these sections on Twitch, but I, I haven't yet. Um, but I I just go at it and try to. I don't want to say try to get it out as fast as I can, but if I have ideas, I just. I try to get them out as fast as I can because I don't want them to go away. Um, so I'll spread it out usually in good 20 to 30 minutes and then try to just manipulate it from there. It, it's a lot of manipulation after that point. Yeah, I mean, I guess it like you would just like go around your day-to-day life and then just have a little melody pop in your head and be like, <laughs> okay, need to remember that because that's going to be good for... Yes, this. yes. You don't always have like a piano available either or something like that. So I've, <laughs> I've written some on, you know, napkins or, uh, you know, hummed them into the voice recorder. But, but typically, I mean, since the pandemic, I've, I've had a uh, piano pretty close at hand. So uh, if I need to, I can I can go to it or to my guitar but or just get it out into finale because it has a decent playback. But yeah, yeah it's uh, it's. It's an interesting time. Luckily, I don't get them too many times at night, so I'm not waking up and running to the computer at all hours or anything like that. Uh, I mean, that'd be the worst. It's just you just wake up and you've got a melody in your head. It's like, I need to record this. <laughs> I need that sleep nowadays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Anything anything that like ruins my sleep pattern is, is not worth it these days. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. Um, so, so stepping away from your um, your work and things, with in terms yeah. of like uh, musical influences, um, 
and things you kind of listen to on a day-to-day basis is there any sort of like genres of music any artist bands in particular that you kind of attribute with wanting to to just get into playing music in the first instance and i can give the generic answer and say it's all music um, <laughs> because i mean as, as a teacher you you do have to be comfortable with with all styles yeah. and and with games and film, as my old teacher said, you have to be a chameleon and be able to, to manipulate those styles. So uh, I tried to, to close off too much, but saying like a favorite style, a really influential style, um, it kind of depends on what what we're talking about. So for, um, for composition, uh, game composition, it's a lot of the Japanese um, greats. So Miki Hikashin, from um, Sukoden and Konami fame. Yep. Um, uh, Yoko Kano uh, from the early Romance of the Three Kingdoms and uh, Nobunaga's Ambition, of course, from her anime work as well, um, being covered Bebop and, and um, Arjuna and things like that. Um, gosh, I'm, I'm forgetting everyone now. No, uh, Yoko Shim- Shimomura, of course. Um, and... Um, Mitri Yamane are like my four, like that, those four composers that I always am looking at as a game composer. It's like, am I doing, would they be proud of me? I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Those those four women are just like the, the, um, the pinnacle of game composition for me. And of course I love the, the other canonical ones is, you know, Oyamatsu and Tsuda. And Tsuda is one of the reasons I'm in in this in the first place yeah. uh, so I have to give them props of course but when it comes to just compositional strength and and just um, uh, just the com- compositions I love it's yeah, Higashino, Yamane, Kano and uh, Shinomura Nice, I mean I feel like when I have this conversation with people those four come up quite a lot probably for good reason <laughs> good good yeah. i'm so glad to hear that and from what i've heard that those i do hear those quite a bit mm-hmm. if you're talking about from a guitar perspective um i have a lot of different influences there uh, as a classical guitarist you know segovia and, and all my teachers and things like that yeah. but um but as a rocker um it's you know it starts and ends at Cicero Zenithar and Jimi Hendrix. Those yeah. are just like two of the huge influences for me uh, as a guitarist. Um, and I'm you know part of Mexican as well. So Jose Feliciano and Vicente Fernandez, uh, Selena, all of them had a huge impact on my musical development. And my mother listened to a lot of R and B and classic rock. So Mary J. Bly and. Jodeci, Keith Sweat from the R&B side, Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, Queen on the classic rock side. Uh, I've played for the last 10 years in the Led Zeppelin tribute band and a Queen tribute band. So those two bands' music, um, it, I play I play constantly. So it's um, a lot of those have had huge influences on me, but there's, there's so many more. Um, and... I mean, uh, as a concert composer, uh, Gabriela Ortiz is um, probably one of my favorite. Hilda Paredes as well, uh, two of my, my really favorite composers. Erlen Wallen is a really great one. Um, I 
as I said, I like a lot of different styles of music. And being a teacher, you, you have to take in a lot and show your students a lot, too, because they're not going to typically find it on their own as well. So I have a big listening list um, of all of these genres. <laughs> that I keep and this visual pain was big for me too. I know I'm kind of rambling here, but uh, extra pan, uh, Galneris, uh, Loudness, uh, Vow Wow, um, Duran Gray, all, all of those bands just huge for me. Um, uh, the prog rock bands as well, prog metal. So yeah. I, I think I answered your question with that one. I, I believe I did. You oh, did. Oh, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> I mean, I, th- I think, like, from what from what you've said as well, like, it's kind of, there's this sort of, like, three levels to to things that have, like, and I mean, it's obviously more relevant to yourself, but, like, influence people yeah. in this sort of industry in general. Like, obviously, there's composers that work inspires yeah. you, and then also, like, guitarists from the perspective of, like, technically playing <laughs> and what they did, but then also just music you like listening to and what you grew up with. And, yeah, there's so many yeah. different bits of cherry-picking that comes into making up what <laughs> what in- influences someone. It's a bit unfair to kind of, for someone to ask to give you specific favorites of things but unfortunately that's what i'm about to do (laughs) so it does bring us lovingly on to the the section of the podcast i call quick fire questions where i will ask you your favorite something and then hopefully you will you will have an answer but i know it's very difficult and it never usually goes that way but we'll start off with your favorite video game of all time Favorite video game of all time is Sui Coden for the nice. PlayStation One, uh, and that that just huge impact um, the storyline. It was one of the few to make me cry. Um, it, the the music is just absolutely gorgeous. Like that is just it's one of the soundtracks that I I put on you know weekly at least. <laughs> so it's just um, as it's, it's a it's a game that just it really did it for me as a turn based RPG and I'm a big fan of that genre. Um, it was it was a really big deal for me. It's one I've not played yet. Really, really, yeah, a lot of people I, are more familiar with Suicoden too um, as like the the pinnacle, and that that's like one of her last soundtracks as well. Was that second one? And it was just her and. Um, and one other composer and uh they are releasing the remaster though uh september i think yeah yeah i've yeah. I, this is where it's hilarious because i've listened to both soundtracks a lot but i've not played them yet. um but yeah they're uh, uh, available on vinyl as well for money um Excellent. that i shouldn't be buying any more records but i will <laughs> um i mean i get I, I kind of mentioned this quite a lot on the podcast but um i know it's like quite a lot of um people especially like uh, more from like america or the you know west the more western side of the world mm-hmm. grew up with jrpgs being much bigger than they were in europe like yeah. we i, I mean skoden was released here but not to anywhere near as like much as it seems to get in america and the chrono trigger wasn't released here at all when it originally oh, came out wow. so like the like most people's first sort of exposure to, to jrpgs was probably like the final fantasy 7 when it came out <laughs> so it's it's like there's so much catching up to do 
So it's like, <laughs> I, I love them, but it's like, I've now got from, you know, the mid nine, like, or like even earlier than the, like the nineties to 2023 yeah. to play all these games as well as all the ones that are coming out as well. And it's just, just difficult, but I'll get there it, eventually. It I, I was a big blockbuster person. So I would go <laughs> and rent these. I, I almost never beat these RPGs, these early ones, but I just remember playing Robotech and all, you know, all the Pokemon games, Earthbound and, and all of these. And um, I only ever like, I think purchased Chrono Trigger and Earthbound for the, for the Super Nintendo. But I didn't know that about the um, JRPGs not coming to, to Britain. I, I want to say that I heard that on one of your other podcasts and I'm just being reminded of it more yeah. than anything. I, I, yeah. I like played Chrono Trigger for the first time. Um, earlier this year and it's like uh, just there like uh, how did how did we miss out why were we deprived of this growing up uh, how did you like it i loved it it's it's <laughs> the perfect it's uh, I've, i mean I've, I've i've said this before but it's like the perfect mix of rpgs because it has the fantasy yes. element but then also it's got the dystopian future part and it's just yes. got all this going on and it's just done so well and yeah, it's considering it's... Uh, that it's it's really great that um, more than halfway through the game you get to twelve thousand BC, the floating continent, and that's one of the most magical moments is hearing um, that track. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm forgetting what it's called now because my memory is terrible, <laughs> but um, but it's just a really beautiful moment. And the whole game's beautiful, and you're just like, "Gosh, what? What are they gonna do? How are they gonna top each other out this time?" Ah, oh, great game. There's, there's not many games that I say a must plays, but I feel that's one of them. Excellent, excellent. So, I agree. But yes, um, continuing on with the quick fire questions. <laughs> your your favorite band slash composer slash musician of all time. Oh, this is a terrible question. I, I looked is. at this. You, you sent me beforehand, um, and I, I looked at this for hours and <laughs> tried to come up with them. Um, that's really difficult. <laughs> it, it really is. Um, and it really, as I said, it depends on where I'm going. If, if I'm going to narrow it down to, like, one composer, um I would say, like, on the concert composition-wise, Gabriela Ortiz, and um, on the game composition side, Miki Higashin, because that goes with the city coding question as well. And uh, Gradius 3 was a big big soundtrack as well for me, and a lot of her other work with Konami. Um, so so Miki Higashin is, yeah, that, that's just a big one for me. A band? Gosh. I listened to a lot of Dream Theater for a long time growing up, um, but like favorite group was Josie when I was really young, and I still listen to them quite a bit. Nice. Vicente Fernandez, because uh, my grandmother would roll over in her grave if I didn't say it. <laughs> um, so yeah. Nice. Uh, quite the mix as well with, with all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so continuing on with the the musical theme, um, your favorite <laughs> favorite game soundtrack. This is gonna follow that same theme once again, though. Sudan once again uh, coming up at a really close second. Um, I, I really and and second like as a favorite game is Final Fantasy Tactics as well. Yeah, 
another really, really great um, game and, and soundtrack. Uh, what's been working its way up there, though, is Breath of Fire 3, not a Capcom. Yeah. Um, and that's um, oh, the names escaping me again. It's Kaida and Kari Kaida, and um, the second one's escaping me. Aoki? <sighs> I'll, I'll have to look it up at some point. Um, but yeah, Breath of Fire 3 is uh, really magical. I started arranging some of that music for guitar recently. That's a, I replayed it recently as well, and that's another just, you know, you're just bawling by the end, pretty much. It's <laughs> a beautiful game, beautiful storyline and everything. Really uh, great pixel art. Yeah. It's uh, magical almost, so... I mean, I feel that's some of those games, like especially when their pixel art is just actually somehow much more aesthetically pleasing than yes. than than some of the sort of ones that are trying to be realistic, but yes. just kind of miss the yeah. mark. Yeah, Breath of Fire Four had some of the most beautiful pixel art. I, I wasn't a huge fan of the of the way the story played out in uh, some of the battle system. Like a three, kind of held more. I guess nostalgia factor, but um, before was really great. But that pixel art was just oh, absolutely gorgeous. So, yeah, be more um, more more on the list of things I need to play. Going back to my previous <laughs> point, Final Fantasy Tactics also wasn't released in Europe originally. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness, that's that's one of the coolest storylines. Yeah. Um, like that's it's based after if i remember correctly it's like war of the roses so it has like that game of thrones type feel but it feels a little more i don't know i i know some games are like trying to go for that now like triangle strategy and a few others and i really enjoy those games but i just haven't like it might be nostalgia there and i, I hate <laughs> to say that but um but tactics was just uh, whoo that storyline and maybe it's the missing noses it might be the missing noses <laughs> oh yeah, i forgot about that captures, captures you you know no, have you got a chance to play it? Or oh, we've got it. Yeah, it was released on the PSP. I did start playing yeah. it a little bit. Um, so it's the War of the Lions version, right? Yeah. Final Fantasy twelve stuff in there. Yeah, it's slightly yeah. changed, but I think it is still. I think it's still like the same thing at, at heart. Much. It's just a little bit of change, which is weird. Going yeah. back to what you were. I mean, this is going to go completely off tangent on a, 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 a history a history thing, but like obviously the Final Fantasy Tactics War of the Roses. I don't know it may have been based upon there's like a historical war of the roses in in Britain that was between two parties um, Mm -hmm. which was Richard III who was the last king to die in a battle in England and they found his body under a car park a few years ago so (laughs) that's that's some fun facts and then yeah he was beaten by Henry VII who then started the Tudor era dynasty family rule which obviously henry the eighth um elizabeth the first and stuff like that was part of it but yeah there's a no idea if it's based upon that war of the roses but it seems seems a bit too coincidental to me there's a novel called and it's a british novel that that is like a chronicle of that and i think it's called war of the roses yeah that's what a lot of these are these are based off of okay Um, I'd like from to. From what I understand, now I know that they um, 
there's also a lot of the Chinese uh, epic uh, romance of the Three Kingdoms. Yeah, that's kind of built into that um, that wartime aesthetic as well, and the way they they approach that. So it's not singularly from the British perspective, but it's it's also uh, it's just big conglomeration. But it's I thought they just did it really well, and they they also kind of have this futuristic aspect and fantasy aspect, a lot like Chrono Trigger. That's like yeah, you're in knights and stuff, but there's also these. Uh, this machine city that has, you know, all these robots attached to it and things like that. Breath of Fire 3 does the same thing. Wow, a lot of PlayStation games did that. Because <laughs> you start out in this super medieval European setting, and then by the end, you're in uh, pretty much a dead, like, metropolis. Um, so, yeah. Spoiler alert there. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been out. It's been out long enough. <laughs> I, I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> but I'll, I will continue on with the quickfire questions sure, before this sure. becomes a, a history podcast, which is something I didn't think was going to happen. No, I, oh, no, I, no, it's fine. I, I think I started it. This is where I'm going to get like people moan that not only have I got games music wrong, I've got history wrong as well, which will be fun. <laughs> but um, yes, yeah, so the the next quickfire question: your favorite soundtrack from a film Ooh. and or a TV series. Yes, yes, that's a that's another really good question that has a lot of answers. Um, for a while, I really enjoyed Nino Rota's uh, The Godfather score. That was just uh, one of those really lush orchestral scores that was pretty awesome. Um, as a teenager, uh, shortly after I saw Heavy Metal for the first time, that's another super lush score by the Royal Philharmonic Symphony. I think it's a more... Uh, Bernstein that does it too um, and that's just a really great score also has a great rock score that goes to it uh, but more recently I, I watched Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind which is, isn't a recent movie at all it's like 91 I think um, and that's like Joe Sashi like that's just one of those film scores that popped and um, I think that's been my favorite for a while I have a, a good fondness for uh Birdman as well, um, nice. the Michael Keaton movie with uh, Antonio Sanchez doing the improvised drum soundtrack, and uh, really fun soundtrack that's just completely drums and completely improvised. That um, sounds really cool. I'm not that familiar with that, so that sounds awesome. Yeah, there's a really great documentary I like to show my students, and it's just him he, he, recording these sessions. Sanchez, and he's just watching the screen, playing the drums. He's a, he's a jazz drummer, uh, jazz teacher, I think, at Berkeley with two E's, and um, a fabulous, fabulous jazz drummer, and a really great soundtrack. For TV, um, growing up, you Hakusho, like just that soundtrack was magical for me. Um, Sailor Moon. Um, a lot of these these early anime series that I grew up with, uh, Calvert Bebop was was a big one. But now um, Yoko Kano's Arjuna uh, goes by Earth Maiden. Arjuna is hands down my favorite TV soundtrack. That's just um, wow! Like <laughs> it, it it does some really beautiful things. Um, it's released on as a, a separate album called Into Another World, I think with the subtitle Arjuna, A-R-J-U-N-A. -A. Okay. And um, it is absolutely gorgeous. There's there's um, 
some really great ukiyo singing in there there's um some great pop music that she writes and um and then there's several tracks that have some really great flam- flamenco um, bits in it, which is a big style for me on, on the guitar performance side. So um, I really enjoy that soundtrack um, as a listener. Ah, nice. Again, a nice mix of things as well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so the last of the quickfire questions you'll be, be cool. thankful for, um, your favourite individual song or track or piece from a, a, a game soundtrack? This is another hard one to pin down. I mean, the first one that stopped me in my tracks was The Secret of the Forest, I believe, uh, for Chrono Trigger. Yeah. Um, the, when you're in Guardia Forest. And... Um, that stopped me in my tracks. It's super beautiful, um, you know, harp and, and electric bass doing, you know, like just fretless electric bass going around, uh, beautiful melody, really modal. Um, it's just a, a gorgeous piece. Uh, another one that stopped me in my tracks was uh, the Pasakawa um, by Miki Yoshino. Whenever you go into Necklord's Castle, which is a vampire, kind of have this play on Castlevania because it's a Konami game. Yeah. So, uh, and, and Higashin's worked uh, with y- Yamane, who did a lot of the Castlevanias, and Mitchell Yamane took over on um, City Coden 3. Okay. Um, as, as the City Coden composer. I don't know if she did any others after that, but um, but they had a really close relationship, and Higashin is adept at organ and just has this wild Pasakalia for the, uh, the pipe organ and when you get up to the top of Necklord's castle you see this vampire playing the pipe organ <laughs> <laughs> it's just such a great like moment in that game uh, a musical moment that just uh, outlandish and, and wonderful and uh, one of the coolest tracks I think I've ever heard written for for a soundtrack uh, yeah I guess more recently, Magna Insomnia from Final Fantasy Fifteen was. Um, I say more recently; it's like eight years ago. Now. Yeah, Jeez. I was just thinking um, that the other day I was talking about yeah, it. And it's like gosh. it was twenty twenty six fifteen sixteen. Is that like, oh oh okay? Yeah. Yes. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Um, no. The um, that that's a final boss. Um, track and I'm, I'm working on arranging that as well. There's so many of game songs. I, I could keep naming them, but so I'll stop there. <laughs> That's good. I mean, the uh, I, I feel like it did so well with the, the going back to. I can never remember what the tracks are called from, like Final Fantasy 15. But yeah, that final mm. boss fight because that final boss fight is just chaotic, oh. but is so nice, like so visually pleasing. The satellite, the way the uh, audio works with it, it's just like. It just fits together so nicely. I mean, it's amazingly mixed too. That yeah. was one of the sometimes like you get sound effects, and, and, and I know there's the pyramid, you know, that they want. So the the dialogue and sound effects are always going to be more important in multimedia because that helps. That's the primary vehicle for immersion. Yeah, but um, but the way that the sound because there's a lot of sound effects going on it was like you know the turn of jedi battle you know with all the different things going on and um and it's just you can hear everything so well the the orchestral bits and um 
Oh, I love the mixing on that whole soundtrack. Um, that yeah, I sorry, I, I kind of went off there for a <laughs> It is it is fine. Um but yeah, that's this kind of the end of the quick fire questions you'll be right, be thankful right. for. Um <laughs> And it'd be a nice time to listen to a track from the All Is Fair in Love and Thumb War soundtrack. This is The X. In, t- in terms of um, yourself, obviously we've talked about the past and the present. Obviously, mm-hmm. future-wise, um, your next sort of big thing is you are moving to be a lecturer at yeah. um, Brunel uh, University in London, um, yes. lecturer of games, sound, and music. So, I mean, with that, that will start this. I'm guessing October time. It, it's going to start as soon as I can get over there. Pretty much. <laughs> okay. uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, I just got my passport and there's uh, the visa process now. So um, when I can get over there, uh, this fall is the way I'll put it. This autumn yeah. is, uh, is, is my expected arrival. <laughs> I'll put it like that. So in terms of, in terms of like what I know it's probably going into quite a lot of detail, but what will you be, be teaching as such? Like, um, what level of the you know sound and music in games and things will people be expected to learn if they were to go to a lecture with you? Sure, yes. No, I'll be teaching the undergraduate curriculum for game audio, so game audio one, two, um, and the uh, interactive audio as well. So um, really the first part is a lot of the theory, introduction to sound, some, some really early um, sound work, the second level was primarily within music and the theoretical part of that, which has been my life for the last several years as a music theory teacher. Um, so that's um, 
that should be a lot of fun because I've, I've talked through the video game lens for a while. And then the interactive audio is actually implementations of FreeWise, through FMOD, and through scripting as well. Ah, cool. So it kind of takes people through the sort of like the steps to go through and then how to actually use the knowledge they've done to actually put it into a into a game in the interactive way as well as having the technical knowledge as to how to do it <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. oh, that sounds awesome um and i mean in yeah. terms in terms of yourself is there anything else you're working on at the minute i know obviously you mentioned your chiptune metal sounds as <laughs> pack that's out on the 24th yes so um if, if this when this airs it should already be out yes by then. so that will be out on steam the unity asset store um komodo plaza and um i have that coming out um i just released a, an album with a, a duo um unrelated to video game music so um called souls like birds the mint it's the mint duo m-i-e-n-t duo um, I have a lot of stuff. Now, uh, as a game developer, I'm working with the Silent Film Sound and Music Archive for an educational resource. And I'm working on two games, one called Bardcore, which is kind of a turn-based RPG that um, you play as non-canonical composers fighting canonical composers like Beethoven and Bach and things like that. Kind of this history game, uh, but also um, kind of being... Um, a little snarky on the musical side as well. Hmm. Uh, and then the big project I'm working on right now with the rather large team is uh, Conductus, and that's spelled uh, C-O-N-D-U-C-K-T-U-S, and you play as a, a duck in a powdered wig, very much um, uh, Super Nintendo aesthetic, uh, but it's an educational game, so teaching musical, uh, music theoretical um to you know really any age um probably marketed towards like that wholesome so probably marketed towards a younger age as well but um it's gonna have a lot of mini games uh including rhythm game but also like a turn-based uh style play um point and click uh, sideways shooter uh, a lot of different styles of play to teach musical concepts essentially and um I'm working with a group of game music scholars on that. So we're all kind of working together and it's a, a love letter to, to video game music. So that's my big project that I'm working on right now. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, and I mean, in terms of like keeping up with your yourself and like the, the projects <laughs> you're working on is, is the best place Twitter or do you have Ooh, a, somewhere else to keep up more updated? Yeah, I guess for X now or, or whatever it is. Oh yeah, um, it won't. Yeah. It won't ever be X. It will always be Twitter. It's like it will always be Twitter. That's right. Um, yeah, at Ferguson Guitar, I'm, I'm on there. I'm pretty loud. Uh, I, I mainly uh, criticize American music theory and musicology on that <laughs> account. Uh, so um, that's that's fun. Uh, so you're welcome to follow that. But otherwise, my artist name is Dr. B. A. Ferguson. Um, and I'm on Instagram, I'm on TikTok, um, I'm on Facebook. Uh, I'll, I'll be getting on Twitch soon. And um, primarily I do practice videos on TikTok if you wanna see me perform on the guitar, I'll share those to my Instagram. But I'm usually sharing uh, professional information through my Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. 
cool. Um, so that's fine. I'll pop all those in the uh, episode description Great. if people wanted to fa- find you from there. Um, obviously, Please. all the games we've yeah. mentioned are available uh, for download on itch.io. Yes. Yeah. Um, so if people did want to play them, they are there as well. Um, but yeah, that's kind of came to the end of the questions I had for yourself, Brent. I'm not sure if there's anything you'd like to talk about at all. No, this was a lovely time. Thank you for having oh, me again. Pleasure. Thank you very much for coming on and for your time. It's been lovely. And as always, Beats and Bleeps will be back next Friday with another new episode. I'd like to thank you very much for listening to and supporting the podcast. To play out the episode, it will be a track from the Elemental Warrior soundtrack. This is The Boss's Theme. I'd like to thank you very much once again, and I hope you have a wonderful day.